Welcome to this week's podcast from Fearless LA. For more information, check out fearlessla.com or explore the Fearless app. Thanks for listening. This is Fearless Los Angeles. You can turn to your iPhone. You can turn to your real Bible. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Everyone say peace. Say, I want that peace. Turn to your other neighbor and say, strapped with peace. That's the title of my sermon today is strapped with peace. Put it on the top of your notes. Let's pray. Lord Jesus. I ask right now that you would help me get through every page of notes right now. (laughs) And Lord, that you would release peace in this room. And that Lord Jesus, we would leave this place, God, with a new place uh, of peace in you. Understanding the revelation of what I'm about to share. God, I pray right now, open ears and minds to understand. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone say, amen. Now the next 45 minutes could be the most important 45 minutes of the rest of your life. Because you know what? A lot can happen in 45 minutes. 90 marriages will end in divorce. 180 children will be physically abused. 200 women will be beaten by their husband or their partner. 22 girls under the age of 19 will receive an abortion. 40 teenage girls will give birth to illegitimate babies. And 1,185 teens will use some kind of narcotic for the first time. But you know what? Being in this room right now has changed your odds a little bit. Because maybe in the next 45 minutes, for the first time, you'll receive eternal life. Maybe for the first time, you'll get forgiven of all the sin and all your past. Maybe you'll get free of the approval of man or the weights and the heaviness you've been carrying. It will be lifted off from you. And for the first time, you'll be optimistic about your future, optimistic about your life, forgiven, a new person, set free, free of shame and guilt and condemnation, released from generosity generational curses that have been passed down from generation to generation and for the first time you just might feel peace you know what but regardless of what we do here in the next 45 minutes this world continues to go on and on with their search for this thing called peace and many will never find it because they're looking for it in all the wrong places experts I've said, this is how you can find peace. 
You can find peace. There's been scientific studies that say, you know, colors, certain colors that you look at will change your mood. Yellow will make you happy and, and red will make you angry. Um, it said that, you know, if you li listen to certain music, you'll find peace or, or, or certain scented candles will help you find peace or low lighting will help you experience it. Even said, uh, this is the craziest thing that if you stare at cats, the pictures of cats long enough, some people have done that, they experience peace. That would give me so much stress and anxiety. And, and so, so, and I found personally shopping helps me a little bit, getting a new outfit, getting new shoes until the bill comes in the mail and the credit card bill comes in. Then I feel anxious all over again. And it's so funny that we're talking about this peace. We live in this city, Los Angeles, where people are worried. People worried all the time. We are worried about how we're going to uh, pay a rent or so we don't get kicked out of our apartments. We're worried about how we're going to uh, have enough money for our next meal. We're worried about all these things. And, and we're overworked. We're underpaid. And there's way too much traffic. Amen. That stresses you out if there's nothing else. The traffic will stress you out. And so we are stuck. It's like we're trying to find this peace that we cannot find it. But my question is, 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 is peace really hiding or, or are we just kind of looking in all the wrong places for peace? Jesus said, I, I'm going to give you peace. I'll leave peace with you, but we can't find this peace. And I have to say our church, churches are full of people that are just as anxiety ridden and stressed and defeated and depressed as people in this world. And, and, and we're full of, uh, of defeat and, and, and this comes over us and we can't, we can't have peace with ourselves and we can't have peace with other people. We're in this cycle. You know, I've come here today to help you break the cycle. I'm here to help you get battle ready, fitted with the shoes of peace. So no matter what the enemy throws your way or what battle it looks like, you can push through it with the shoes of peace. Is Jesus silent about the subject of peace in the word? No, he's definitely not. He's very vocal about peace in the word. Jesus promised in John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Psalms 147, 14 says, God is the author of peace. It's his idea. He's the one that grants peace. James 3.17 says it's a result from heavenly wisdom. Psalm 34.12 tells us it's necessary to have peace to enjoy your life. The Bible says we should seek it in Psalms 34.14. First Peter 3.11 says we should follow it. We should cultivate it. We should speak it. We should live it. We should have it with each other, but not just with each other, that we should endeavor to have it with all men. Everyone say all. And Proverbs 17, one says, better a dry crust eaten in peace and quiet than a house filled with feasting and conflict. And anyone that lives with some roommates or anyone that is married right now would say a big amen. You would rather be lonely and, and homeless and hungry than live in a house full of, of, of disunity and yelling and gossip and slander. So we're in this city. People have all the money in the world. Some people, they have the cars, they have the houses, they have it all. But they would give it up in one second to have 
this peace that I'm about to talk to you about. And to get a better understanding about peace, let's start here in the Bible. Can everyone turn to Leviticus 3, 6 through 9? Leviticus 3, 6 through 9. If you're with me, say yeah. All right, here it goes. If you present an animal from the flock as a peace offering to the Lord, it may be a male or female, but it must have no defects. If you present a sheep as your offering, bring it to the Lord, lay your hand on its head and slaughter it in front of the tabernacle. Aaron's sons will then splatter the sheep's blood against all sides of the altar. Ew! This is the goriest, grossest verse I've ever heard. And it's the most sad, it's the saddest verse I've ever heard. Because I have a passion for animals. I love them. Can you imagine this? You, you get all ready. You get your cute outfit on for church. I know it's not cute for guys. The cute girls, you get your cute outfits on. And then you bring all your friends. And you look over. And there's a big furry animal on somebody's lap. And in and, and order, you're like, what in the world is this goat doing on their lap? And... And in, in, in order for them to have peace at this time, they had to bring this goat or this lamb to the altar and they had to slaughter it at this altar and blood would be splattered. And, and it just sounds like this gory horror film of a crazy mess. I would be crying because I just love animals. I can't imagine seeing this. And so this happened then. And I thought, you know, I wasn't there then. You know, I wasn't obviously... You know, I don't know what it was like. I wasn't in those times. But I can imagine that this was not really the most peaceful thing. And it really messed with me. What my idea of peace is really all about. That maybe peace is not so beautiful at its inception. See, the only way to experience peace is really through war or bloodshed. We've seen it all across history. From 3600 BC till now, there's only been 292 years of peace. Only 1% of the time has there been peace. Since then, there's been over 14,000 wars, big and small. Man, peace. Billions have been killed by all these wars. To have peace, you have to fight. You have to have bloodshed. But listen. That's why Jesus came. He came to be the peace offering. Look at this. Ephesians 2.14 says this. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people. When in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He laid down his life so I could experience peace. No wonder why when the name is mentioned, when God shows up, there is so much fear for him. Anxiety has to leave and fear has to lose its grip. Intimidation has to lose its hold. Defeat can no longer be in our vocabulary because when the God of peace comes in, we now can experience this peace. But listen, listen, it says this in the message Bible in Romans 16, 20, follow me. I know there's a lot of scripture and before you know it, before you know it, the God of peace will come down on Satan with both feet stomping him into the dirt. And at the end, it says this, enjoy the best of Jesus. Do you love that? Oh, this kind of peace, this kind of peace is powerful. It crushes Satan. 
Doesn't that mess up your way of thinking about peace? You go, Christy, this is so great that you're saying all this. This sounds amazing, but for some reason, I am, I, I don't experience this peace. I, how do you get this? How, how do I get this wonderful thing that you're talking about? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. Is everyone with me? Say amen. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. May your whole spirit, everyone say spirit, soul, say soul, and body, say body, be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. God will make this happen for he who calls you is faithful. This verse shows us maybe why we're not experiencing peace. Because we've always thought maybe we're one-dimensional, but we're three-dimensional. Spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, and body. You could say it like this. I am a spirit who has a soul who lives in a body. I am a spirit who has a soul that lives in a body. Now follow me. My spirit gives me my God consciousness. So, so it's with my spirit, I, I pray to God. It's with my spirit, I can hear the voice of God. It's with my spirit, I worship and I praise the Lord. And then with my soul, I have my self-consciousness. My soul's compi- comprised of my mind, my will, and all my emotions. So if it's my self-consciousness, I know when uh, I'm mad or happy or, or sad. Or I know when I, I have my visions and my dreams and my longings and everything about me. It's, it's who I am. I have this self-consciousness in my soul. The last thing is my body, which gives me my world consciousness. It gives me my ability to go outside and smell and know what's going on. And if it's hot outside, I feel the heat. If it's cold outside, I know it's cold. It gives me my connection to the world around me. Well, Thessalonians says this. The God of peace wants to connect with all three pieces of who I am. But the problem is, the reason we're not experiencing it is because there is an order to obtain it. So many of us try first to experience peace in our body, in our soul, but it first comes through the spirit. So what we do is we try to continue to do it through our body and our soul. Have you seen people, what they do is, have you seen people get eye tattoos? Uh, their eyes are actually all black. They somehow got this tattoo on their eyes. They, people do drugs. People do all these crazy things to, to get peace. Even my dad called me the other day and he said, um, your grandma just went to a psychic. And I, you can laugh. That's hilarious to me. She's 90 years old. And I don't know why she's going. So she, she, you know, her husband died, my grandpa, a couple months ago. Her daughter, which is my aunt, died of cancer at 30 years of age. So she's been in turmoil. And, and we're looking for this piece. Have you seen these shows where there's like horns that they implant in their heads? And they're coming out. They, they want to look like a demon. And so we're, this is what we do. We kind of like do it all the wrong way. And God says, you know, you're doing it all. You know what? Maybe you're even just saying right now, it's, it's so much more simple for me than that. If my mom and dad just stopped fighting, then I'd, I'd experience peace. Then I have peace. If I just looked the way that girl looked and I had that hair 
and I had that body, then I would just, I would be at peace. Or if I had the money that I needed to, to, to pay my bills, then I would have peace. If I had the car, that car I'm dreaming of, then I would have peace. If I had that house, then I'd have peace. If I got that break in the music industry or the acting or whatever it may be, then I would have peace. If I got the grades that I need to, to get admitted into the school I want to get into, then I'll have peace. And we're stuck because this is all the wrong way of getting peace. Peace is found first through my spirit. Everyone say spirit. The first place we need to look for peace is with God. With God. Once you repent, and the only way you can get that is saying, God, I ask you to come into my life. It's salvation. It's the conversion experience. That's how you get peace with God. All of a sudden, when you say, God, come into my life, he he forgives you of all your sins. You repent. And all of a sudden, that barrier between you and God is broken. The reason is, is because when he died on the cross and he shed his blood, he became a peace offering. And when he did that and he shed his blood, it was so powerful because it dismantled all the hostility between a sinful man and a holy God. So when we say, God, I accept you into my life, we accept this peace with God. Once your spirit now experience this peace with God, now we can experience the peace of God. The peace of God in my body and my soul. And when I experience the peace of God, I can now have peace with other people. And now I can have peace in myself. You following me? If we can catch this, you can really realize that this is an internal thing. This peace is an inside working. You can't make me angry. You can't make me mad. You can't make me frustrated. I'm choosing to be frustrated. It's an inside thing that's coming from within. I have to ask the Lord to give me peace from within. This is a working that is internally inside of me. And you know what? Peace. This is what I want to hit on is first. It's a protective weapon. It's part of our armor. This is why we're talking about this. It's part of the weapon. That God gives us as protection against our enemy and protection in battle. Let's go to Philippians 4, 7. It's one of my favorite verses. This is one I have memorized that I speak it all the time. Some of you have your favorite one. This is one of mine. It says, in the peace of God, which passes, surpasses all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Everyone say passes. It passes all understanding. Say all. So listen, this is where passes in the Greek. It's from the word hooper, which literally means over, above, and beyond. Now let's go deeper. It carries the idea of something that is well beyond measure. The idea of superiority. Something that is utmost, paramount, foremost, first rate, first class, top notch, greater, higher, better than, superior to, preeminent, dominant, incomparable, more than a match for, unsurpassed, unequal. That is the kind of peace that you and I can have today. It says it surpasses everything. Then it says it surpasses all my understanding. Understanding in the Greek is mind has to do with your mind. So it passes through 
everything that your mind would say to you and everything that your head would say to you, everything that fear would begin to whisper and speak to you, everything that defeat would speak to you, everything that your anxious thoughts would say to you, the peace of God passes through everything that you would think and everything your head would say to you and it moves past to that deepest part. It gives you that kind of peace, passes all understanding that keeps you that keeps your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Everyone say keep. Keep is a Greek word. When you look that up, it talks about how it means guards were uh, positioned at the gates in the entrance of every city. And these guards were powerful. And they were authorized. They have the authority to tell you whether you can enter into that city or not. And if they did not approve of you, you would not enter into that city. The only way you could get in is if those two guards moved out of the way and those guards gave you access to that city. Well, it says, you know, keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. So listen, the peace of God will keep our hearts. It means that the peace of God stands at the door of our heart. And if you let peace do its job, it really says who stays out and who comes in. So when fear and anxiety come against you, it says no admittance, not allowed, not into this heart. When rejection comes against the door of your heart, the peace of God says no admittance, not allowed, not into this heart. When the things of God come in, oh, peace gets out of the way and says you can come into this heart. But when other things come in, oh, when, when, when hatred, self-hatred comes in and knocks at the door of your heart, the peace of God guards goes no minutes not allowed not into this heart yeah doesn't that verse come alive when you understand what god is saying in that the peace of god so important for it to operate in your life wow you know there's a time y'all all know this that uh, you know i'm not this very anxious person i'm not anxious about all these things but when a miscarriage happened in my life I started, it was like a doorway of anxiety just, just rushed in. When they let me know that I had miscarried, that's what the entrance of anxiety and fear had its way in my life. From that point, I remember uh, I got pregnant with Lyric and, and it just kind of rolled over into that whole pregnancy. And, and, and through my doctor's appointments, I would always get nervous. I would get anxious. They would take my blood pressure and it would be really high because I was, my heart was beating. I was so anxious. And, um, and, and so towards the end, it was like I was 37 weeks pregnant. And that's when you guys know I, they took my blood pressure. The numbers were off the charts on the monitor. And they go, you have to have the baby tonight. I had preeclampsia. And my thoughts were disarray. I was anxious. I was fearful. I panicked. I cried. And so I'm, I'm going past in the story. So then I had Lyric and she's perfect. She's fine. And, and I ended up actually getting pregnant again, eight months later. It was awesome. <laughs> awesome. and scary at the same time because we're, they're 14 months apart. And so I was like, thank you, Jesus. But oh my goodness. But really what my mind was going was like, that experience was just so scary. All of a sudden anxiety started to rush in again. I go, oh no, this, this experience of anxiety, doesn't matter what my outside circumstances could be. 
God says he'll give you a peace that, that comes through in the midst of chaos. That's what really what peace is all about, not when it's nice and cheery and it's good. But this is when that you need the peace of God. So it could be anything could happen with my pregnancy with Bray, but I need this peace, God. I don't want to be anxious. I don't want to be afraid. And this is, I said, God, so I have, I have peace with you. I, I love you and you're in my heart. So why don't, why didn't I have the peace of God? And so I, I toiled with this and, and I, I, I found this verse and in Philippians 4, 7, many of you maybe have read on, but I read on in this and I want you to hear this in Philippians 4, 8. After it says, it will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Yay, I'm so excited. This is awesome. And then it says, and now, dear brothers, wait, don't get too excited. One more thing. One final thing. Don't forget this. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you have learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then, everyone say then. Then the peace of God, the God of peace will be with you. Wow, revelation to me, the God of peace will be. So, so my thoughts, my thoughts were in disarray. I remember I was thinking, I, I was meditating on all the lies of the enemy. It had nothing to do with the character of God. It, it, none of the things I was thinking about and meditating on lined up with the word of God. So God I was like, God, I need to fix my eyes on who you are. What is your character? Oh, you love me. You want the best for me. You, you, you know, you, you're going to keep me safe. You're not going to leave me. You're not going to forsake me. You're not going to abandon me. So God, I'm going to think on these things. Lord, I, I, I want to think on a beautiful, perfect baby boy that's fearfully and wonderfully knitted together perfectly in my womb. I begin to think these thoughts. Does that mean things go perfect? No, but that means I'm securing myself. I'm guarding my heart with the peace. So I go in the delivery room and it didn't matter what the doctor said. There was even something that he said that quickly anxiety wanted to, to enter in and crash into the door of my heart. And all of a sudden, the peace of God went at the guard door. And my heart said, you know what? No admittance, no allowance. You are not going to get into this heart of mine. When fear wanted to come in, it said, no admittance, not allowed into this heart because I was strapped. It doesn't matter what's going on on the outside of the turmoil or chaos. When you have the peace of God, you can get through whatever life brings you. You can get through whatever the enemy brings you. Come on. So you can translate the verse like this in the peace of God, a peace so wonderful that it cannot be compared to any other kind of peace, a peace that stands in a category all by itself that rises far above and goes beyond anything the human mind could ever think, reason, imagine, or produce by itself. This peace will stand at the entrance of your heart and mind, working like a guard to control, monitor, and screen every single thing that tries to access your mind mind your heart and your emotions wow that kind of peace i can have you can have today let's go further paul talks about this peace the shoes of peace and this is what they kind of look like you could put the picture up these are just cleats that have these spikes i don't know if they're for soccer or whatever they're for they're for some kind of sport <laughs> 
these shoes a piece. Basketball, yes. Oh no, they're not. That would tear up the floor. The shoes of peace that he's talking about that we need to be fitted with. Now, first of all, of all they were thick-soled uh, shoes. And that's because what happened in the, in the Roman times, in the wars, the Roman soldiers would put razor-sharp spikes in the ground, sticks in the ground, so the opposing army would, would get their foot pierced when they stepped and when they tried to fight. So what they, they did is put these thick, thick soles so they, their foot could not be penetrated. And then what they also had is these hobnails and these hobnails were like one to three inch spikes. They were kind of uh, called like killer shoes. They were referred to as killer shoes. Isn't that ironic? The shoes of peace were killer shoes. And they had these spikes and, and it was because they, they would go through all kinds of terrain. It would give them footing in, in, in the battle. So, so no matter if there's mud or there was rain or whatever the elements would be that they were walking through, they would not slip. And they had a steady foot when they were going uphill so they would not fall down. And you could have the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit. You could have the belt of truth. But the greatest soldier is useless and helpless if he cannot stand up. Maybe that's what's going on. Maybe you're falling in the battlefield. And you're on the ground. You're trying to make it because you forgot to put the shoes on. The shoes that keep you steady. This is not just a defensive weapon of protection against your opposing army. This is an offensive weapon. It's a brutal weapon against the enemy that keeps the enemy underneath your feet. With these shoes, we can viciously stomp on every single enemy that tries to come into our path. Oh, with these shoes strapped on, when they are fitted, when they are tight, it doesn't matter how crazy life is. It doesn't matter what life throws me. It doesn't matter the health issues if I'm sick in my body. It doesn't matter if I have relationship problems. It doesn't matter if I'm having financial problems. When I have these shoes on, I can still t- gain territory. I can still move forward. I can still move upward in the mountain. When I have these shoes on, I can get a grip. I can get a grip in battle. Wow. These shoes of peace it gives me my faith, ability to stand, my righteousness, the ability to not be moved. When the enemy approaches, I can break through every past, every obstacle and everything he throws my way. It doesn't matter how strong the attack is because I have my shoes of peace on, firmly planted in the ground, immovable, unshakable, undefeated, and the ability I have to rip the flesh off the enemy. Because they're powerful. They're spikes. That's what it's for. It's for battle. These shoes were made for war. This, the peace was made for the fight. It wasn't made for after the fight. If you wait till then, you'd be dead in the war. This peace is for the actual battle when you are going through it, when you're, you're fighting through it. He says, I give you the peace. I may not take you out of it, but I'm going to give you the peace to get through it. Hmm. These shoes. So God says, I'll give you peace with me. When you receive him in your life, you get peace with God. Then you begin to receive the peace of God. When I receive the peace of God, then now I can have peace and experience peace with others. 
this is one of the most challenging things is to keep peace with others all the time, right? For just be real and honest. When I was about 18 years old, uh, I was really into music and I was excited about being in the music industry and um, <laughs> I was singing and, and, and I, want, I was on all these girl groups and and so I was trying to dance and I'm so uncoordinated. I was just not good at it. The Lord knows, knows I was supposed to lead worship. It was terrible. But then there was a producer that knew me and he said, you know what, Christy, um, there's a really cool opportunity in Hollywood. You, um, there's all these producers and record people that are coming into one room, about 20, I don't know how many people, there's just uh, record companies coming into this room and we're going to give the opportunity to about 20 girls to come in here and sing in front of them. And who knows what will happen. Maybe you'll get a deal. Maybe something will happen from it. But I want you to be one of those girls. I was like, oh my goodness, I got my tan. I got my teeth whitened. I got my cute outfit. I got my cute shoes. And I got all ready. I got my, my yeah, spiked shoes on. And so I got all ready for this. I was excited. And then there's all these, these girls. And I was nice to them, and they were kind of nice, fake nice to me. You know, hi, oh my goodness. They're all just really wanting to win, you know. So it was this fake thing. You're like, <laughs> and so she, so, so I got put into this room situation with a couple girls. And, um, you know, I was really, you know, we try, I tried to make a friendship with them, but really everyone was just out to, for themselves, right, to, just to win it. And so, so everyone went to bed, and. You know, I went to the, uh, I went to the sink and I went to the bathroom and I don't know if many of you know this about me, but now you do. I have like uh, three fake teeth down here and this, <laughs> this, I'm, I'm from a lineage of Cajuns where they have no teeth. So I was actually born with three missing teeth. Yes. It's so funny. You could totally laugh at that. So what happened was when I lost my baby teeth, I had no teeth. So what happened was... <laughs> I had this retainer with three teeth on it. So I wore my retainer. So I went to the bathroom and I had my retainer on. Went to the bathroom. I do what I do in my normal routine at night. I take my retainer off, put the retainer on the sink. I brush my teeth and I get in in the morning. Left it there, went to bed. Got up in the morning. All the girls are gone. I'm like, where are the girls? And I got to hurry and get ready. I'm like, going crazy. I'm scrambling. Oh my gosh. Let me go to the sink. I have to get my teeth. I go literally to the sink, the bathroom. My retainer is missing. I start panicking. Oh my gosh. Where are my teeth? Where are my teeth? <laughs> Mind you, I have a gaping hole at the bottom of my mouth of three teeth missing. I'm like, Lord, help me find my teeth. Let me find my teeth. Lord, help me. And so Guess what? I find out that one of the girls flushed my retainer down the toilet. The anger. You, you don't really understand the anger that arose in me. I wanted to curse her out. I wanted to do all these things. I didn't do them, but you know, I'm not superhuman. Okay, here, this is normal things. Do so I get there? I start, to, the producer's there. He's like, let's go over your song. <laughs> I'm sitting there, I'm about to sing, and I start singing, and there's whistles that's come out of my mouth. Every time I tell notes, like, can you do a whistle sound? 
Yes, a whistle. What is that cartoon character? Help me out. Every time it's saying there's whistling, there's whistling. And mind you, I have no teeth in my bottom row of teeth. It's missing. There's a gaping hole. I was so mad at her. So mad. What I'm talking about, it's hard to keep peace with other people when you want to punch their lights out. They're mean. They're hateful. In our youth ministry, we were at the stadium. We had a, a misfit. If you were from there, you guys know. I mean, we had some crazy broken people from kids from broken families. And it was just, um, you know, we had some disruptive kids. There was a group of kids that would come every single week. And you might remember these kids. And, and they were really into witchcraft, really into the occult. And they had black makeup. And they wore dark clothes. And they were very disruptive every week. But there's one week. They just started doing some crazy stuff. Pastor Jeremy speaking. They would start hissing at Pastor Jeremy. And it would just, they just did all these weird things. So it was to a point where we said, we asked them to leave the service. And so right after we left the service, Pastor and I, we started getting all these text messages. We started getting all these messages of threats from this group saying, I'm going to hurt you. And I have all these weapons and I know where you live and I'm going to come to your house tonight and we're going to do this, this, this and hurt you. And we knew they knew where we lived. And so we thought, you got to get your gun, honey, <laughs> get your gun. And who, who's been in the armed forces? Let's think of who it is. Kevin Steele. So Kevin Steele came to hold the fort down. He's not in tears. And, and, and Kevin you know, Jeremy pastor had his, his rifle up at the top of the, of the, the steps. And then, and then Kevin was on our couch with a crossbow and a baseball bat. And yes, he was ready to take them out. So now listen, nobody ended up showing up. It was just empty threats. But that whole week we got these demonic messages on a voicemail from them. It was like a demon was actually speaking, saying, I'm going to hurt you doing all these things. I saw the, one of the girls that was in that group and mind you before, I did not want to say nice things to her. I was so angry and so mad that they could do this. All, all we do is love on them. All we do is give to them. And this is what they're going to do to us. I dealt with it. And when I saw her, I said, you know what? I need to make peace with her. I just hugged her and I said, you know what? I just want to tell you, I love you and I believe in you and you're awesome. And I just, I put courage in her. I loved her. It wasn't easy, but then you know, pastor and I went through this miscarriage. After that, we started believing for a child again. We started praying. Everyone's believing with us. We found out the same group of people, this girl in the group, started praying curses over me that I would be barren and that I would not get pregnant, that I would never become a mother. Curses over me. Oh, man, the, the anger rose up again. Like, how could I love this girl? How can I forgive? How can I make peace with this kind of person? Once again, I dealt with it on my own with God and I released it and I came to her and I just said, I just want you to know, I love you. How are you doing? Uh, you know, I, I believe in you. And one time I went after this, I was on tour and Darren pastor's like, I need to, I want to visit you. I miss you. And so he came all of a sudden I saw that his head was shaved. It's like, why is your head shaved? He goes, well, this girl, you know, she asked me, you know, she said she would give up drugs if I would shave my head. That, that drugs for me was just as important as his hair to him. 
at that time, he really loved his hair. It was perfectly spiked. It was perfectly highlighted. So he obviously he shouldn't, you know, if he didn't do it, that meant he loved his hair more than her. So he just, he was like, okay, you know, I, I'll give up my hair. So I said, who was this? And he said the girl's name. No, not her. What is going on? Because this is what happened. Not she, she gave up drugs for maybe a day, but then she went back on drugs and started posting all these pictures on Facebook at the Playboy Mansion and all these things she's doing. And I was like, what in the world? This girl, how could I love her? Well, we moved here a couple months into it. This girl ended up Facebooking me a message. And she said, you know what? I just want to tell you, I became a mom and I have a little girl, beautiful girl. And I, I noticed you've become a mother and, and you have a little daughter and I just want to thank you for every single thing that you've done in my life and for all the things that you said and you loved me when I was unlovable and, and you're a beautiful mom and I just want to send you something in the mail and she sent me a gift, this beautiful bow that had fearless on it. She sent a gift to the child that she prayed that I would never conceive and I would never give birth to. Man, it's hard to create peace with people. It's hard. It's a hard thing to do. Even Hebrews says this. Hebrews 12, 14 says this. Follow peace with all men and a holiness without no man shall see the Lord. Follow this. This is a follow in the Greek word is dioko, which means to aggressively pursue it, to hunt peace down with other people, to seek after it, to search it. Peace is hard to obtain and peace is definitely hard to maintain with people. But it says follow, go after it, fear aggressively seek after peace with people because it's hard to get and it says follow after peace with all men listen to this in holiness holiness means to be set apart from God okay so if we have peace and we're holy then we'll experience and see God but then I thought this listen so if I'm angry if I have unforgiveness if I have offense does that mean if I died today I would not see heaven. I would not see Jesus. So that messed with me. What does this mean? So I looked up see, without which no man will see the Lord. See means in the Greek to see now or to be admitted into the immediate presence of God right now. So unforgiveness, offense, bitterness. The scripture is saying, these things will restrict you from moving into the presence of God right now. So if I don't have peace with others, within my relationships, all of a sudden, I don't have peace with God. And it breaks my peace with God. Because if I don't forgive others, what well, God will not forgive me. So all of a sudden, if God, if, if I have a broken relationship with God, then everything else becomes broken. Strife, all these things, offense, all of a sudden begins to affect and infect our lives. And all of a sudden we feel like, why can't we feel the presence of God? Why can't I get into the next place of the anointing with God? It's because I'm carrying this junk and it's beginning to move me away and separate me from the God of peace. So God, it's peace with God. And as we mend that, it's peace that we get, the peace of God. Peace 
with others. I don't want anything to hinder me from moving into the presence of Almighty God. The last thing, the part of the shoes, this was part of the shoes. It wasn't just the shoes. There was another part. This is called, this is called the greaves. It's a weird word, but it's called the greaves, and it just kind of protected this area, this armor, the legs. And it kept these soldiers, as they were in a war, it was like a protective garter, a metal plate. And it kept them from, from their bones being broken and lacerated and bruised and hurt and scratched. And so they could fearlessly like kind of walk through whatever it was. If it was like thorns or bushes or there was rocks or cliffs, they didn't have to worry about it because they had these guards on them to protect them so they wouldn't be scratched and they wouldn't be broken. Because if they were broken, these legs became broken. All of a sudden they can't be in the battle anymore. They're out of the battle. They're on the ground. So they protected their, their, their shoes protected them and this protected their legs from being hurt in battle. They could just go. These griefs, these griefs and these shoes of peace, they're important. This is why, because the enemy continually tries to kick us. He tries to kick us and he, he tries to impair our ability to stand and our ability to walk. But with these shoes of peace, he can't break you. He can't shake you. He can't defeat you. He can't depress you. He can't do these things in your life because you're protected with the peace of God. Battle-ready peace surrounds me. It lifts me up. This peace carries me. This peace protects me. This peace comforts, comforts me. It gives me confidence in battle. It's a peace that goes beyond my mind. It goes beyond my heart. Anything my head would ever think. It goes beyond comprehension and understanding. This peace is made for battle. This peace is made for war. It's made for the difficult times. The peace of God carries me through the rough terrain, through the bloodshed, through the fight, through the confusion, and through the rocks, and through the thorns, and through every impossible situation. Oh, this peace keeps me. It sustains me. It upholds me. It strengthens me. It carries me through every single battle that I face. This is the peace that you and I can have today. There's a story. And, and, and there was this competition that, that was going on. And in this competition, it was a competition for any people that wanted to paint this picture their idea of peace. If they could paint this picture of peace, they could enter into their painting and enter into this competition. The instructions, instructions were just, you just had to paint your perfect idea of what peace would look like. So all these people, you know, entered their painting in. And all these paintings, you know, had these beautiful, uh, you know, this beautiful scenery. It's like almost somewhere beaches, uh, calm waters. The sun was shining. The birds were out. There, there's beautiful flowers in these paintings. There was a grass that was perfectly green. Uh, nothing was dark. And that was most people's paintings. But there was one painting that came in. This painting was dark, intense colors. And, and it looked almost as if a massive, violent storm was taking place. 
the, the waves were, were crashing. They were raging. They're crashing against this big cliff. And, and, and there was, there was just the, these big, thick clouds and then the rain. It was just this awful picture. This, and people were like, this is not peace. And, and they were saying, like, why did this picture win? So they looked further. And they looked and saw in the cliff of that rock. In the cliff, there was an inlet. Oh, the waves were crashing against this. It was crazy. It was chaos, a picture of chaos. But in this inlet and in this hole was a dove that was fast asleep. Peace isn't when everything looks good. Peace isn't when it's when everything's going your way. Peace isn't when everything's going right. It's in the fact of who you have with you. You have a powerful, mighty God who has won the war. He's won the fight. He's won the battle already. And this mighty God, he's not intimidated by what you're walking through. He's not He's not scared. He is bigger and more powerful. He's greater than anything you could ever face. So that's why I can have peace. I have somebody with me that is greater than what I'm looking at. This peace. So the prayer is for me today. I've been saying, God, get me out of this. God, get me out of this. Sometimes I've been praying that. But God's saying, I'm giving you the peace through it. I'm not going to get you out of it, but I'm going to give you the peace to endure the fight, to endure the battle, and to endure the hardship of what you're walking through. These shoes, it says they're fitted. They're fitted. They're custom fitted for you. They're custom fitted for you. No, God knows it foreknew the journey that you would have in every single thing that you're going to face, in every limitation, in every roadblock that's going to come in your path. And he fitted you with the shoes in preparation for everything that you would walk through. Because if I have peace, I can get through the battle. I don't need peace after the battle. After the battle, I probably won't get to that place because I've died in battle. I have to have the peace in the battle. Do you catch this? He may not rescue you from the fire and from the flames and from the heat, but he may just make you stronger in it. Listen, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he didn't rescue them from the flames and from the first. What did he do? He got right in the boat with him. He got right in and he said, you know what? I'm going to give you my peace because I'm with you. He might not save you from it, but he might just save you in it. Yeah, that's the God I serve. Yes, that's the God I serve. He's going to save you in the fight. If, you, if you're armed and ready with the shoes of peace, oh, you can get through whatever the enemy throws your way. Could you stand to your feet very reverently? Thank you, Jesus. I feel his peace in this room. Does any of you feel that? peace of God. Some of you have never experienced this peace before. Your family's in chaos. Your life's in chaos. Your relationships are kind of crazy. But the peace he wants to give you is ready for you right now. If you could bow your heads, close your eyes all over this room. If you say, Christy, I need peace with God. Meaning my spirit is dead 
and I don't know Christ. And I've come in this room and, and, and I, I just wanted to hear what, what this fearless is all about. And maybe you, you just say, you know, I'm dead in my spirit. I don't know who this God is. If I were to die tonight, I don't know if I'd make it into heaven. I haven't received Christ as my Savior. Or maybe you're saying, I have but in the past, but I've kind of moved away from that relationship with God. And I just need to rededicate and renew my life to Christ. If that's you in this room, I want you to lift your hands unashamed, unafraid, all over this room. If you want to give your life to God, yes, I see those hands. If you want to give him everything right now, all of you, just come on, lift your hands. Yes. I see those hands. Now, if you could do this. I see a couple of you. If you can put your hands together even right now, I want you to come down to this altar if you're raising your hand and you want to receive Christ as your Lord and your Savior in your life. I want you to move down to the altar. Come on, there's people right here that want to pray with you, that want to... Yeah, yeah, come on, give it up. This is not a bad thing. This is awesome. Let's celebrate. Yeah. This is a cool thing. We're all Christians. We want you to become a Christian. Come on down if you want to give your life to God. Y'all could just stay right there. And for you in this crowd, you you say, Christy, I I feel like, man, I'm I'm dying in the battle a little bit. My my I need peace. I need the peace of God in my life. My emotions are crazy. Uh, I'm scared. I'm anxious. I'm worried all the time. Uh, I, my soul is, is, is in turmoil. I need to feel God's peace. I'm going through all these things. I'm walking in the battle, and I feel like I'm dying by what's coming against me. And I need to feel the peace of God. If you want to feel the peace of God, and you want to know the peace of God, meaning you want to just be battle ready. You want to have the feet, your feet shot and ready for whatever the enemy brings you. I want you to lift your hands. Should be almost everyone. Yep. If you don't want that peace, I would be scared. You might die in battle right now. <laughs> whatever you're walking through, I want that peace. Yes, give it to me. Double portion, please, Lord. Yes. Now, put your hands down. Those of you that say, I need to have peace with others. Man, my relationships, there's some relationships that I've kind of just let go and there's a lot of offense or I've said some things or I've done some things. I need to ask for forgiveness or I need to forgive some people in my life. Maybe you have bitterness or you have resentment. You need to mend some relationships in your life. You can also raise your hands. All those people could be all of us. Sometimes there's always a person that we need to go to Thank you for your honesty. Almost everyone in this room. Now I want you to do this. I want you to, I want you to join hands with the person on your right and your left right now. Because a unity, the enemy would love to bring disunity in the body of Christ. Because there's power when you begin to hold hands as the body of Christ in unity. They're, you're an army that can't be stopped. So we want to break the back off the enemy that wants to bring division and discord in our relationships. So right now, I want the band to play a little bit, and I want you to begin to pray for the person on your right and on your left. Thanks for listening to another powerful message from Fearless LA. You can follow what's happening at Fearless by going to fearlessla.com, exploring the app, or looking us up on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. 
If you would like prayer, check out the Prayer Wall in the Fearless app. God bless you.